Are you out there doing your best to get on with life? Because, as you already know, it's what you make of your life that really counts. And sometimes having a few shortcuts to help you on your way can be very useful. The NLP Matters podcast might just be the toolbox you need to focus your attention, your effort, your drive onto what really does make the difference. Built on the foundation of neuro-linguistic programming, the NLP Matters podcast offers proven recipes you can use to create and sustain your life your way. G'day, and welcome to the NLP Matters podcast. I'm your host, Joe Clark. Last week, we wrapped up the keys to an achievable outcome and really got to see the power we have when using this great NLP tool. This week, we're opening up the discussion of yet another really useful tool that adds the final layer to our theme of building our successful life and ensuring our goals are ready to go. This is called the well-formedness conditions. When we apply these conditions to our goal, we get to do our final check to confirm both the absolute alignment and the resilience of our goals. Many people, when they set their goals, tend to frame them too generally. So they'll have goals like, I want to improve my fitness, or I want to get healthier, or I want my business to be more successful. Or even, I want to buy a house. Now, don't get me wrong, these are all admirable goals. But as we've seen in previous episodes, they lack both the specifics and the rigor to enhance our capacity to reach the destination where we can say, I've done it. I've achieved the goal I really wanted. In general, there are two common ways our goals can fall down. Either the goal lacks sufficient and specific detail for it to be achieved, or the structure of the goal doesn't align enough for us to really go for it. It may be structured as a test where we're trying to prove or disprove our worthiness, or perhaps that we belong, or we may be trying to win someone else's approval or love. We may have a goal that's written with a focus on what we don't want, or perhaps it doesn't have a clear purpose overall. The point is, the goal is not framed or written in a way that enhances our capability to achieve it successfully. Now, many people do get that it's a good thing to work on our goals. And whilst we may ask ourselves some questions to clarify our goal, questions like, how do I get to my goal? Or how do I know when I've arrived at my goal? If we're just thinking up these questions on the run because we're so immersed in the doing, doing, doing part, without really defining clearly what we'll have at the end, the having part of our goal, or if we haven't explored who we will be or who we need to be to achieve our goal, then whilst we may discover some interesting answers to these questions, it's likely that we'll spend a lot of time looping maybe getting confused or perhaps even feeling overwhelmed. Finding the answers to these questions whilst on the run is not at all systematic and sometimes we only get to ask these questions on the run because it's already clear to us that we've come up against some obstacles or resistance or perhaps we're struggling to stay motivated. 
So confronted with the challenges, it is only then we stop and begin to reflect. Hmm, do I really want this goal? So rather than closing the gate after the horse has bolted, we want to follow the NLP model of defining our goals to maximise our opportunity for success. There are, of course, other models that people use in their effort to get clarity on their goals. You may have heard of the GROW model with the steps of writing down our goal, checking it against reality, anticipating possible obstacles, thinking about options, and finally working out a way forward, GROW. And some of you will be familiar with the SMART model, where we're ensuring our goal is specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, timed, and towards. Both of these models have a structure that extends beyond merely coming up with the goal in your head. Each of them provides us with some focus and details that we need to clarify so we can start to build a structure around our goals. From an NLP perspective, these strategies are most useful when embedded within the five success principles and or the keys to an achievable outcome. As standalone models, they don't go far enough to ensure we have all we need to really achieve the success we're after. This is one of the main reasons we see that for many people, even after writing a goal down following the GROW or SMART models, so many still fail to achieve their success. The NLP tools we've explored and the one we're looking at over the next few weeks have been designed in recognition of the fact that for us to maximise our chances of success, it's not just that the goals need detail. Rather, it's the specific kind of detail we include within our goals that is critical to their success. And we need to approach our goals from all different perspectives in order to build both conscious and unconscious alignment, thus building the goal's resilience. So far in this podcast series, we've been looking at goals from multiple perspectives. We started with the five principles of success. Here, we are operating at a kind of meta level that describes the high level strategies that successful people use to achieve their goals. Strategies like knowing your outcome, taking massive action, having sensory acuity, behavioral flexibility, and a physiology and psychology of success. These are strategies that will work with any goal and are as much attitudes and ways of being as anything else. With one notable exception, knowing your outcome, the other success principles don't look at the specifics of the particular goal that we have. The five success principles is considered a meta model because it can be applied in many diverse contexts. We then moved on and looked at goals from a structure angle and got more specific with the keys to an achievable outcome. Here, we got to test out the particulars of the goal and really drilled into the first of the five success principles, knowing your outcome. We used strategies like the SMART goal framework and really got into specifying how would we know when we have the goal and what are the resources we need to achieve it. Now we're going to look at goals from a different perceptual position again using the NLP tool of well-formedness conditions. And what the well-formedness conditions gives us is a final check. Are we ready to go with this goal? 
in many instances, if we've already gone through and completed both the five success principles and the keys to an achievable outcome in detail, our responses to the questions we ask at this level will merely be, yes, I've done it. But at this level, we can be even more specific about the action required to achieve our goal. What I mean by that is that the well-formedness conditions begin by checking the work we've already done and giving us a last opportunity to fine-tune anything that we need to. But then it moves into the first step and we can also add other steps that we'll take to begin our journey to success. In a nutshell, the well-formedness conditions give us the specific structure to make sure our goal is both resilient so it will stand up to the rigorous tests that life can throw at us. And it is also clearly outlined so that the goal is so specifically described that anyone else could pick up the goal and run with it. So what are the well-formedness conditions? I'll go through them briefly in this overview so we have them front of mind. Some of these may sound familiar to you, whilst others might be new but they come together to produce goals that are sticky. They're so hardy, they stick to us like glue. The first condition is to state our goal in positive terms, not in terms of what we don't want, but in terms of what we do want. So if you have a goal like, I don't want to be so unhealthy anymore, because our unconscious mind doesn't process negatives, and because we get what we focus on, this goal's focus is on what we don't want. And that means we'll tend to get more of that. Yep, the unhealthy bit. And we wouldn't want that, would we? If you've already worked through the keys to an achievable outcome from episodes 16 to 22, you should be able to pretty much tick this condition off. Remember, all we need to do is confirm that our goal statement excludes any words such as not or no. So don't, won't, can't, they're all negative words. Exclude them from your goal statement. Stated in the positive also means we're moving towards our goal rather than away from an unwanted state. So again, we're watching out for the comparative words like more than, less than, better. If we include these words, we're actually making a comparison to what we don't want the outcome to be. For example, a goal to have more money We have to ask ourselves, more money than what? What are we comparing to? Is it our present financial situation? Or is it our parents' financial situation? One thing for sure, we're moving away from something we don't want. Our positively stated health goal could be something like, it's the 10th of December, I'm standing holding my bike, gear all on, ready to ride. I know that I'm well prepared. The 45-minute twice-weekly PT training sessions have built my strength and my training ride results demonstrate the power I have to sustain an average ride speed of 20 kilometers per hour over more than 85 k's. Weighing in at 69 kilos, my power to weight ratio has moved from 3.0 on the 30th of August to 3.4 today which is why I am able to sustain an average speed of 20 kilometers per hour over more than 85 kilometers. My at-rest heart rate is 55 beats per minute, which means I'm in peak aerobic health. I put my foot onto the pedal 
and off we go on our rebel ride. With 640 kilometres ahead of us, it sure does promise to be a great one. The second condition is to have our goal initiated and maintained by us, that is the person who sets the goal. We need to make sure the goal is for us, ourselves, not for somebody else, and also confirm the goal itself is in our control. We're not relying on someone else for the goal to be achieved. For example, the health goal I just talked about. If it said, I'm well prepared to keep up with Peter riding, and because I can keep up, we will both enjoy the ride more. Not only have I put a comparative statement into the goal, enjoy the riding more, as in more than what, but I've also now made my health goal about someone else. I'm not in control of how fast Peter rides or whether he enjoys the ride more or less. Only he can control that. It must be our own goal in order for us to be fully motivated, both consciously and unconsciously, to achieve it. The third condition is for us to describe the outcome in specific sensory-based terms, as well as the steps needed to get there. We want to make sure they're specific and sensory-based as well. Here, we get to use all our five senses to describe the outcome. What will we see, hear, feel and smell and taste if relevant? When we get our goal, what will we be experiencing? It's important to use sensory-specific descriptions because this is how our unconscious mind processes information. It comes into our awareness from the world through our five senses. Describing our goal this way says to our unconscious mind, this is what we're focused on. Now, if we use the health goal again, I would add to it by including sensory-specific information, such as, it is the 10th of December, 2020. I'm standing holding my bike. Gear all on, ready to ride. I can feel the helmet strap under my chin securely clipped. I have on my long-fingered gloves because there's still a chill in the early morning air, despite it being summer. The grass in the park around the lake is lush green and heavy with dew. The sky is light blue and I can still see a tinge of the pinky and orange sunrise showing in the eastern sky. I can smell the sunblock I've already applied ready for our morning ride on the open road. I can hear the bike cleats chattering on the road as the other riders prepare to mount their bikes. I stand astride my bike and lift my right foot, placing it onto the pedal and locking the riding shoe cleat into the pedal. I hear the command to ride and feel the weight transfer onto my hands as I push off with my left foot, then lifting myself up onto the bike. I am rolling as I hear the click of my left foot as I press it into the pedal cleat and begin turning my legs over, pushing the pedals down and pulling them up. Good morning, seat. Cockatoos are squawking nearby, and we are off. We can add even more sensory-based description to our goal, and as we build these specific and attractive descriptions, our unconscious mind can become totally enrolled in achieving the goal, because now we're speaking in the sensory language that is so meaningful to our unconscious. We'll continue using this sensory-based language as we describe the steps that will ultimately get us to our health goal. Steps such as 40 minutes PT training two times per week, 
taking 10,000 steps per day, following a 16-week cycling training program, which I'd need to document, of course, and adding in the sensory-based language to describe each step really turns up our awareness of how to achieve our health goal and what we will see, hear, feel, smell and taste along the way. Again, if we've completed the keys to an achievable outcome, we would have already covered this, but here we get a final opportunity to confirm. Yes, the internal check says the goal aligns with our identity, our values, our beliefs. And the external check says we're aware of and okay with the consequences of our goal on both ourselves and others. For example, I know a guy who decided to give up smoking a long time ago. So giving up smoking was his original goal. But he kept going back to smoking, or as some of us may say, he kept falling off the wagon. Eventually, he realized two things. First was the way he had framed the goal, which was to give up smoking. His goal was placed in the future, which meant that his goal was actually to be always giving up smoking. And that meant he never got to the point where he said, I gave up, and moving the goal then into the past tense. The second realisation he had was that the goal wasn't consistent with his identity. He still saw himself as a smoker. In order to align the goal with his identity, he started to change the way he talked to people about it. When people asked him how he was going giving up smoking, he started saying things like, great, the smoking has stopped, or I am a non-smoker. He aligned his identity with his goal and used present tense or past tense for the smoking. It became something he used to do. With these changes to his goal, falling off the wagon just felt wrong. They were subtle changes, but it made an enormous difference to how he connected to his goal. Oh, and by the way, 36 years later, he's still smoke-free. The fifth condition adds even more to the ecological checks we've been doing. Now we ask ourselves, is there more than one way that we can achieve this goal? This question provides the opportunity for us to get creative as we explore how else could I achieve this goal? If we believe there's only one way to get there, and for some reason that path is no longer available to us, then it seems like the only option we have is to walk away or fail. But if we've identified three or four or perhaps even seven or more ways that we can achieve the same outcome, then an obstacle on our path just means we can rely on our behavioural flexibility and choose one of the alternate paths. This is a great strategy for framing our goals because it links us right back to the third and fourth of the five success principles, having sensory acuity and behavioural flexibility. As a coach working with clients, I always ensure my clients have at least three ways to achieve their goal. And sometimes we keep brainstorming until they discover 13 different ways to get the result they want. When we have options and choices about how we achieve our goal, there's often a release of energy. We don't feel trapped with only one choice. 
It's more like, wow, I've got so many choices here. And of course, it also gives us the reassurance that if our first way doesn't work out, we can just choose another way to get there. The sixth well-formedness condition is to go and review and confirm the steps for our goal that we identified earlier. Now we're going to expand the specific detail on our first step, making sure that it is specified clearly and that it is in fact achievable. This is our opportunity to complete our first step with as much detail as possible because the greater detail we give, the more we engage our unconscious mind and create that congruent alignment. Yes, we're already on our way to achieving our goal. We've already started. And now all we do is follow the steps we've outlined here. And the seventh and final well-formedness condition is to confirm that our goal increases choices that we have. When a goal is perceived to reduce our choice or limit us in some way, then we'll lose the alignment and congruent commitment we need to really go for the goal. This final well-formedness condition allows us to check that both the process of pursuing our goal and ultimately achieving it does give us more choice in our life. The choices may be created because we've learnt new things about ourselves or the world around us. We might have picked up new skills and capabilities or perhaps gained access to increased resources. But it is really important to confirm for yourself Achieving this goal actually does increase my choices. When we've completed the well-formedness conditions, we know that all our preparation and planning has now put us in the position where achieving our goal is just a matter of following the steps because we've already done all the work. We've built resilience into our goal and that means we can be certain that our outcome or our goal is so robust and sticky, we really can become unstoppable. Join me in the next episode when we go into depth with the first and second of the well-formedness conditions, stating our goal in positive terms and to have the goal initiated and maintained by the client, which is the person who sets the goal, right? So together, we'll identify how this technique continues the work we've already done so far on how we can build a truly successful life. Stay awesome, and I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode. Wow, thanks for showing up and listening in. We would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts, ideas, or questions via email to joanne at destinypursuit.com.au. Now it's time to take today's recipe out into your own life. Notice the differences that show up as you apply it. We'd love to hear how you are progressing with your new approach.